life is actually the most fun game. When you're in the real world, when you're helping people, you're actually going to get stuff back in return as well. Um, I just think it's it's going to be really fun for people to understand it that way. Welcome to the Parenting ADHD Podcast, where I share insights and strategies on raising kids with ADHD straight from the trenches. I'm your host, Penny Williams. I'm a parenting coach, author, ADHD-aholic, and mindset mama, honored to guide you on the journey of raising your atypical kid. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. I'm really excited today to be talking to Eric Sue about the positives that we can find through gaming and technology with our kids. Thanks so much for being here, Eric, and giving us a little bit of your time and your insights. Will you start by introducing yourself? Let everyone know who you are and what you do. Sure, and and thanks for having me. So my name is Eric Sue, and I my ultimate mission is to help level up the world. And you know, happy to go into that a little more. But uh, I own a couple marketing businesses. I also invest in different uh, marketing software companies, and have a podcast called Leveling Up, and another one called Marketing School. And um, you know, I just love learning. I love teaching, and fundamentally, if I think back to my history, everything has really been built on learning and educating. So all of my businesses, whatever it is exactly, really comes from me just kind of um, learning in public. Awesome. And so how did you come about writing a book on using gaming to succeed in life? Yeah. So for me, growing up, maybe age eight to 22 years old, the one thing I really excelled at was games. And, mm-hmm. you know, back then my parents would actually would get into these huge fights and they would take away my keyboard. They would take away my mouse. And, um, you know, there would be, there would be periods of times where we just wouldn't talk to each other. And what I didn't know at the time was a lot of things that kids would learn from sports, such as teamwork, resilience, uh, all the things you learn from that. And, you know, the, the importance of building the right habits, um, I actually all got from gaming. So, you know, when I was about 12 years old or so, I was playing this game where um, I had a team and I was part of a very, um, you know, think of it as, you know, when you're playing on a varsity team, you feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. And that was very much what I was doing. And I was playing with people in my team. On my team, these were lawyers. Some people were wealthy people that owned planes. Most of the people were college kids or older. And you had a 12-year-old kid like myself. So you can imagine, I mean, there's just so much I learned from these people and those skills compounded over time. And, um, you know, my argument is that gaming creates leaders. And um, if you actually think about life, everything in life is a game and it's actually much more fun when you when you look at it that way. I'm, I'm happy to elaborate on that, but um, I'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah, definitely elaborate on that. You know, there are, we get so caught up as parents in the amount of time that our kids are using with screens. Um, For my own son, for instance, who has ADHD, he's on the autism spectrum, that was the one place that he feels good about himself. That was the one thing in his day where he succeeded, where he could easily talk with other kids and be social, where face-to-face that was a lot harder for him. And so I have always been much more relaxed about the time that I let him spend gaming because I understand that he's building skills and 
He's building confidence and a sense of competence, which he really wasn't getting at school because school was so hard for him. Yeah. So I think that's really well put. And I think um, to your point, you know, if someone's gaining confidence, whether it's from sports and by the way, sports have been around for thousands of years. That's why it's okay. Um, Gaming still has a stigma attached to it. Mm -hmm. And again, when I think about it, when you go into the world of sports, if you overtrain, you might tear your ACL, you might get injured. Same thing with gaming. If you overtrain in the, you know, I call it the shadow world. You go into the shadow world for too long. You're going to overtrain. You might develop unhealthy habits and Mm -hmm. you might end up hurting yourself, right? Mentally or physically. So whether you go into sports or with the world of gaming, you can bring those skills back into real life and make a bigger impact on the world. And the reason why I think this is a big deal is, you know, when I think about investing, for example, like whether it's I invest in stocks or whether I go try to acquire a company, there's so many games within that, or, you know, whether I'm trying to, you know, hire an amazing person, right? This is all related to business, but we can really relate this to real life as well. When yes. you're thinking about, um, you know, pleasing your spouse or pleasing your children, like what is it that makes them, you know, uh, makes them happy? What makes them tick, right? And so you have to think about everything in life is a puzzle and you're constantly figuring out like, you know, how to make all the pieces work together. And when you look at it that way, when every day is just about getting 1% better, just leveling up 1% better every single day, and there's not necessarily any end game that's tied to it, then it just becomes a lot more fun that way. And, you know, for me, it's all about playing, you know, a game that doesn't end. It's an infinite game. And um, that just becomes more fun because you end up trying to optimize for playing with people that have a long-term focus that have, um, that want to play long-term games. Right. So um, it just, you know, gamifying life to me at the end of the day, like every day when I wake up, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do meditation or whether it's, you know, training or even, you know, journaling in the morning, all these different things to me, they're just little power-ups. So when my day actually starts, I'm already charged up and ready to go. And so it's no different than how I felt waking up when I was 11 or 12 years old. That same excitement I actually have now because I'm largely doing what I want to be doing. That's amazing. I love that you equated kind of getting started with your day, all the things that set a good tone and energy for the day as power-ups. Like this is language that we can be using with our kids now. Our kids who are so into gaming, we can already Mm -hmm. be sort of helping them apply this way of looking at life as kind of this game as well, Um, a serious game. I don't want that to sound like that we're taking away any, you know, sort of seriousness to that, but it works for a lot of kids who are really into gaming. Yeah, well, I mean... Penny, I mean, the other side of this might be like, how seriously should we take ourselves? Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the the world has been around for billions of years. We're we're not even a speck in the grand scheme of things. And we're just a bunch of, you know, talking, talking monkeys on a planet, right? Just running around. And I don't want to oversimplify it, but I think it's um, maybe not taking it that seriously. And so, you know, that's just a different perspective. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, Um, but I just really wish that growing up, my parents approached it from a, a an area of curiosity rather than using a blunt instrument and just taking things away from me and not even talking to me about, about it. Yeah. Um, I just wish it would have been, hey, Eric, like, why are you so interested in this? I'm, I'm a little concerned about all the time that you're spending here. Can you tell me what you're actually learning from this and, and why you're spending so much time here? And I think that would have led to a conversation. Who knows where it would have gone? But um, I think, you know, when you take stuff away from anybody, whether it's children or adults, you know, nobody wants that to happen to them. And I just don't think, do I feel that different than when I was at 12 years old? I think at the end of the day, we're just, um, we're all kind of children in a sense. Yeah. I mean, we're the same people Mm -hmm. all throughout our lives. I always thought that when I got to be an adult, I was going to be really serious and very responsible and, you know, all of that sort of 
fun attitude and adventurous spirit and curiosity would be gone. And it's not. Like, I feel like the same person, just older, and I've learned more things. But, you know, at the core, we're really who we are from childhood. And I want to emphasize your point that we need to talk to our kids about why they're so into it, why they're so into gaming or anything else within their lives that they're feeling really passionate about because there's so many clues there. You know, for me, I was fortunate enough to know to ask that question of my son. What is it about this that makes you feel so good? Why do you want to spend so much of your day on the computer? And he would share with me, you know, well, it's easier for me to talk to people there. And, you know, the kids come up to me at school and ask me, how did I do this in this particular game? And I feel important you know, and I feel like I'm really good at this and it's hard to be good at a lot of things. And that was so valuable. And that really did help me to set my expectations as a parent around gaming. You know, a lot of parents want to just put down some arbitrary time limit. And this is what we're taught to do as parents. One hour of, of screen time a day or two hours of screen time a day, depending on age, But if that's where my kid feels really good about himself and he's not getting it the other 23 hours of the day, like I want him to spend more time doing that. I want him to build those skills and have a good sense of himself that there is something that he's great at. And it it can lead to jobs. You know, that's another thing is that that industry has really exploded. And so it's not frivolous in a lot of ways. It's not frivolous because they're learning skills. As you were talking about, it's not frivolous because they really could have a career in that area if that's really a passion for them too. Yeah. I mean, look, there's three things I think human beings ultimately want. It's it's connection, it's contribution, and it's vitality. You want to have your health. That's one piece of it. But what I got from gaming, and I'm sure this is the same thing with your son, you got he got connection and he felt like mm-hmm. he was contributing to something that was bigger than himself. And that's that's worth its weight in, in gold, whether it's you know feeling that way in the gaming world, but also it was translating into, into real life. The only reason in high school that I got to hang out with the quote unquote popular group was only because I was good at games. So, you know, that was gaming was kind of accepted as I was growing up. Um, but so I kind of finessed my way into this group. So I got that connection in real life. So I felt like I needed to continually reinforce that I was, you know, number one or top. And so a lot of the habits that I created from gaming, whether it's being able to, because of gaming back in the day, um, we couldn't communicate that um, through voice. So, you know, I, I was able to increase my typing speed. Now at my high point, I can go up to 144 words per minute. So I can work a lot faster wow. um, and I can just do a lot of things. And this is all not to brag. I'm just saying that there are benefits to these. Just, yeah. you know, there's it's there's a balance for everything, right? Just don't overtrain in these worlds. Yeah, I love that you brought up the balance too, because if they are gaming and doing nothing else, then that is a problem. Like there has to be that balance. Can we talk a little bit maybe about other ways that you've used that experience of gaming to help you in life? Like you were talking about your morning routine as power-ups. What other things can we sort of start talking to our kids about and helping them to be able to make the connection and translate that into more of their life? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, you know, one of the chapters I have in the book is about the apprentice mentality, meaning that you approach things no matter how good or how experienced you are from a position where you might have strong views, but you hold them very loosely. So this can also be known as the beginner's mindset. 
where it's like, Hey, like, look, ultimately I don't know that much and I'm not going to let ego get in the way. I'm never as good as people say I am. I also am not as bad as people say I am. So by thinking about things that way, um, it allows you to approach things from a very humble standpoint. And so I used to get very, when I used to play games, I, I would get to a point where I would get very arrogant and very cocky, you know, when I was in my teenage years, because I was all about preserving a record that I had. So I might be, you know, I might have like 35 wins and zero losses. And I was all about the vanity metrics, right? So just when you, when you get more humility, when you approach things from a beginner's mindset, you learn that that, that, that stuff doesn't matter. And what ultimately matters is that you're continually learning and you're getting better every single day. So that's one piece. I think, you know, there's a lot of pressure as a child growing up thinking about, oh, like I need to be good here. I need to be amazing at this and um, I need to be an expert. But the moment you start to think that you're an expert, that's when things start to fall apart. Right. That's so true. There's always and more to be learned. I think another one, Penny, I mean, this is probably more counterintuitive and I don't think many parents will, will like this, but we have to think about all the things that, that have been created around us in, in the world. And Steve Jobs used to say that everything in life is a remix. So when you think about the mouse, they actually stole that from Xerox. And when you think about the GUI, the graphical user interface, they stole that from Xerox as well. When you think about Elon Musk and his SpaceX rockets coming back to Earth, the fundamental base design of the rocket still looks the same as maybe in the 60s, the 70s, right? Mm -hmm. um, the big difference now is they come back to Earth. You know, Picasso said, you know, great artists steal. And so I have a chapter in there called Thievery. And the whole thing around it is we, we hold this whole, like, we have to be original thing um, very sacred, right? I'm original. Oh my God, you know, I'm not here to copy. But the reality is we're copying everyone all the time. Yeah. You know, the fact that people are listening to this podcast, they're looking to iterate on what makes sense to them and apply it to their life. And so I'm trying to remove that kind of um, sacredness around having to be original and the pressure of that and saying, hey, it's okay. Like if you, if you learn something or you quote unquote copy it, um, even if you make, you copy 10 to 30% of it, it's completely original because it's yours. Yeah, we repackage things as we learn them and we use them. We take other ideas and we might repackage them or formulate them differently into somewhat of a new idea, but there's really no new idea, completely and utterly new. It's all from our own experiences and what we've seen and heard and read and done, you know, we put together from a lot of different things. 100%. Um, I mean, the other thing I would leave the, the audience with, I think um, that would be helpful for both the parents and the children would be, there's a concept of the wealth ladder. And what that basically is, is if we think about our career, um, we might start out going to school where we're getting educated. And then maybe after that, the next step up the ladder is building great habits. And the next step after that is maybe you go get a job. And maybe while you're getting a job, you want you decide you want to take it to the next level. And you don't have to, by the way. Um, but if you decide, hey, I want to take it to the next level, maybe you start a side hustle, right? Maybe the side hustle is doing consulting work on the side, maybe doing an e-commerce dropshipping business. Um, you have a lot of different options there. And if it starts to go really well, maybe you can start to hire people and you can quit your full-time job. And eventually you can get to the point where you decide to build other types of businesses or invest in other types of businesses, right? So there's mm -hmm. like, there's a ladder in, in a career, but there's ladders to everything else too, whether it's, you know, in sports or anything else that you're training for. So I think for most people, they feel that sometimes they feel inferior. Maybe they're comparing their chapter one to someone else's chapter 25 and they want things to happen quickly. Well, understand that you have to beat certain levels to get to the next one. And in life, you don't have to move to the next level. You can stay where you're currently at. If you're happy, that's totally fine. But you just, you don't deserve to go to the next level until you beat the current one. That's just how life is. I love that because our kids right now, 
see successful people their age online, influencers, YouTubers, and they get this really unrealistic idea that fame and success is quick. And it can be a real struggle. You know, for instance, my own son um, makes digital music and he puts it on YouTube. And then, you know, a week later, he didn't have millions of followers and other people do. So he thought he was a complete failure at it and wanted to give up. And so this idea that everything is leveling up, doing a level, succeeding, going another level is really great for, I think, just this generation of kids, too. That's a really good point. And I, I think one thing to, um, if we think about one of our generation's best investors, Warren Buffett, you know, he's worth $85 billion right now. And 84 billion of that didn't come until after his 65th birthday. He didn't make his first billion until 58, right? And I'm not saying people should become billionaires or anything. I'm just saying all this stuff takes time to compound. Leveling mm-hmm. up is, is really just compound interest over time, right? So when you think about the best investors in the world, they have a very long-term outlook, and so I, I think looking at your life, sure, I, I, I earlier I said we're just a speck in time, but um, still, relatively speaking, it's still a very long time. And so what I found is that I had a lot of pressure in the early days, like, oh my God, everyone's growing faster. Uh, and then I just realized, wow, it really takes two to three years to start to build an audience or two to three years to start to build a business. And um, most of the time people give up too early because, um, and you know, one thing I was telling myself was, you know, I was being very selfish because I kept looking at my metrics. I kept thinking about, oh my God, nobody's viewing my stuff. And so I kept thinking about myself, myself, myself. Mm -hmm. When reality is you end up building an audience, people follow you just like they follow your podcast right here because they like what you have to say. And it it took a lot of time to to get there, right? Um, To build your voice, to develop that. And I think, again, most people just give up because um, they feel the pressure from not being seen. And um, that's that's why people get filtered out. Yeah, that's so true. And everything that you're talking about, you're talking about business, but it can apply to to general life skills and like relationships. Nobody is good at relationships right from the start. We get better. We build relationships with people. We build connection. And in school, you know, you're learning more, you're doing better, you're building your maybe study skills or your homework aptitude. And like all of these things can be seen in that same way that you just keep building on where you start from and that nobody starts at the top. They're all starting from a beginning point and moving up. And that's that's really hard for kids to kind of think about, I think, in the current culture that we have um, with technology and everything being so available immediately and see, you know, it just seems different than, than it really is a lot of times. Yeah. I, I think the, when I think about kids in general, nowadays, you have people starting businesses at eight years old, they're starting, you know, e-commerce stores and things like that. I think business is a very exciting game because um, it does teach you a lot about life in general. How do you, how do you deal with other people? How do you negotiate how do you deal when when um, you know when tough times hit you? So it, it's kind of a fast track to really teaching about life because at the end of the day, business is just interacting with other people and de- delivering uh, things that people need, products or services. So I think they're very they're very intertwined. I, I think you know there's mm-hmm. people tend to separate them quite a bit, but but you have I'll tell you like you're looking at some people that are um, really young um, and you know they've started massive businesses and um, they're just trying to learn more and more and more. They're just trying to level up. And then they're taking those learnings and then applying it to, you know, their relationships in real life, their family um, and, and things like that. So I think, you know, what you learn from family and then also from your friends, you can translate over to business and vice versa. Yeah. 
And a lot of people with ADHD are entrepreneurs. They do want to build their own business and do their own thing and and often succeed at it because there are qualities of ADHD that can make you really successful in that world, being determined, being willing to take risks, fighting for something you're interested in or passionate about. You know, that's that translates into a lot of entrepreneurial people who happen to have ADHD and that ADHD really helps them in that realm in a lot of ways too. For sure. Can we talk maybe a bit about other skills that you might have gotten from gaming? Um, One that comes to mind for me is learning like problem solving and strategy building, perseverance. What else can, can our kids really get out of this time that they love to spend gaming? Yeah. So th- this is a big one. And I actually got this from poker. So, um, you know, I- I'm not saying everyone should play a lot of poker, but I do think either poker or chess should be required um, learning in mm. school, one, one or the other, because at least in poker, what I learned, and again, um, do as I say, not as I do, but, um, you know, <laughs> I started playing at poker at age 18 or so. And what I learned from the game is that you can bring your A game three months, six months, 12 months at a time, and you can still lose because sometimes variance or the math will catch up to you. And that teaches you to be resilient. You can either completely lose your mind, which I did in my my late teen years, but I learned to harness and, and control my emotions afterwards. And that's that's a very powerful skill to learn. You know, people mm-hmm. call it stoicism. Um, but to have that type of resilience to understand that, hey, like this too should pass, keeps me calm in a lot of um, real life scenarios, whether it's with interacting with other people or business um, I think that's great. The other thing too is poker teaches you to think in bets, right? It teaches you how to think about investing. When, what the numbers are, are the odds in your favor? Should you go in or not? It teaches you how to understand kind of the dynamics of the people around you as well. Can you play against the person? Um, so there's a lot within there that teaches you, you know, about life in general. And I, I just think it's, you know, all the lessons I learned was invaluable. Also, don't play beyond your means, right? I, I certainly did that mm-hmm. in my late teen years. Um, and I didn't have the money and I, I, I went in debt, right? So don't do as I say, wow. but you know, some of the best uh, business people or investors in the world, they play poker recreationally because it keeps them sharp. So I think, you know, what, look, one of the chapters you mentioned, I, I think you mentioned the word resilience. Um, the chapter is actually titled endurance. So I think we're saying the same things, but um, I certainly learned that. And that trained me for, you know, to get ready for the tough times in, you know, just life in general. Yeah. And what you're talking about with poker is evaluating risk. You know, you can apply that to anything in life, evaluating what the risk is and whether it's worth it, whether the reward might be worth the risk in the first place. Yeah. And just to understand, too, that, you know, good things take time. I think, you know, short term poker is definitely gambling. Long term, though, only the best end up living, um, end up staying around because they've developed good habits. And it's the same thing with business, too. The ones that stick around are the ones that have a long term mindset and they they're not trying to take, you know, big home run bets all the time. So, yeah. So can you recommend some games that you know of that have this sort of long-term longevity that, because I know over the years, my kids have had games where they beat them really quickly and then they want to go on to a new game. And what are they playing that really gives them that sense to keep leveling up, to keep working at just getting better and better rather than sort of getting the prize at the end and moving on? So you said a key thing, Penny. I mean reframing and thinking, hey, there's actually no end to the game that I'm going to play. So every single day, so my mission is to level up the world and I will never ever accomplish that mission. But that's a mission because I can wake up for it every single day. 
And so I'm going to play the infinite game. I can play long-term games with long-term people, people that I don't want to work with. I don't work with them. Um, and so I think business is a perfect canvas for this. And you know, it, it, now you have people that are five years old, eight years old, they're starting Shopify stores. Like I mentioned earlier, you have a lot of different options. It's just very easy to get started on a business now. So, you know, I think if a child wanted to get started with business, um, supporting them that way, I think, you know, business is certain, it can be an infinite game. It's not like, you know, football or basketball where at the end of four quarters, there's, there's a score at the end, right? It, it's right. not like that. It doesn't have to be like that. And you know, poker is the same thing too. You can keep on going, you can keep on making investments uh, or just investing in the stock market. So I think these types of things directly apply to real life. And, um, you know, to me, you know, a fun game is how many books can I continue to read over time too? That's a fun game that can never end. So um, ultimately, you know, what what um, the individual is, is interested in and just reframing and thinking, hey, there doesn't have to be an end game because if there's an end game, that means, you know, you're going to behave very differently. You want it to be an infinite game. Yeah. And are there specific video games that give that that sense that keep going? Um, so, I mean, poker would be an in, in-person game, obviously. I think video game wise, um, I the problem with, with video games is that they're they're not particularly evergreen. What I will say, Penny, is that the games I played when I was maybe eight to 10 years old, a lot of the games you see today are really not that different. And so when I think mm-hmm. about the first person shooter games, there, there definitely is, you know, they all have like an end game, right? There's a score at the end of it, but what, you know, like a real time strategy game, like a Starcraft, as an example, that's like a super version of chess. And I think there's just so many different decisions that you have to make. And I actually remember the CEO of Shopify, which is the, the e-commerce platform, they're a publicly traded company. They're huge. He has publicly stated that he will hire the best Starcraft players in the world because Starcraft, a real time strategy game is about how you manage your resources. And that's what life is. It's managing your resources, whether it's for your family or your business, it's the same concept. Yeah. And I would think things like Minecraft or Roblox too, maybe oh, where perfect they're- perfect games. Yeah. Yeah. They're really building their own sort of environment too. But also, you know, my, my son has designed clothes, I guess, in Roblox and sells them and gets currency in the game for doing that. And that's amazing. Like, it's amazing that they can be in a video game and learn some of these entrepreneurial skills and learn that, you know, if you want something and you don't have enough money, what what do you do to create that income so that you can achieve your goals? You know, it's it's amazing how much they really can learn and take away from it. And I think the big thing for us as parents is how do we help them transition from I'm having fun in this game to, oh, I can apply this stuff to life. And that's exactly what your book is talking about and what, you know, we can be doing as parents to go ahead and get our kids thinking about the fact that what they're doing can really help them throughout their lives. What they're finding really fun, they can apply to life. Yeah, I think that's a very helpful reframe. And that is the premise of the book. There's over 3 billion people in the world that have played a game. And I think they need to understand that the skills that they have learned can actually translate into real life and they can make a bigger impact. And also understanding that life is actually the most fun game. When you're in the real world, when you're helping people, you're actually going to get stuff back in return as well. Um, I just think it's, it's going to be really fun for people to understand it that way. Yeah, I'm really excited about the book. And it's called Leveling Up, right? Correct. 
And I'm sure people can get it on Amazon and bookstores. And I will, of course, link to it in the show notes, as well as a couple of other resources that you've mentioned in this episode. For everyone listening, the show notes are available at parentingadhdandautism.com slash 119 for episode 119. Anything you want to leave us with? Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think it's just be patient. I think those two words mm. really will echo throughout life. Yes. And so, so important for parents of kids who are neurodiverse. Perfect. Perfect ending. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story with us. I know that it's really going to impact a lot of our parents listening, and hopefully that will trickle down to our kids as well. I can't wait to start having these conversations with my son, and um, he's a teenager, so hopefully I'll have him read the book as well and really take all of this passion that he has and all this time that he's invested in gaming and make it something that really translates to success in life. It's just an amazing idea that's really, really fun. Thanks for having me, Penny. So much fun talking to you. And with that, we'll end the session. So please go to the show notes and check out Eric's work and find ways to learn more than you've learned here in this show. I'll see everyone next time. Thanks for joining me on the Parenting ADHD podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share. And don't forget to check out my online courses, parent coaching, and mama retreats at parentingadhdandautism.com.